Welcome, folks, to the Data Beat Show. I am today's host, Luke Ambrosetti, and our guest today is Abhishek Rai, the co-founder and chief architect at NetSpring. And previously, you know, he was the co-founder of ThoughtSpot. Abhishek and I are on the show today to discuss what it takes to succeed at building a warehouse native application. Hey, Abhishek, thanks for joining us. Luke, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. Let's jump right into it. So in one of your recent posts, you mentioned you know, the secret to building a successful company is identifying a high-value problem that impacts a fast-growing user population. So let's just start by addressing how warehouse native apps solve that high-value problem you know, for a growing audience. So one of the most secular trends of the past decade has been emergence of uh, mobile and web applications, which are reaching billions of users across tens of millions of applications. Now, these apps are producing huge volumes of data. You know, what uh, developers and app builders are realizing is that there is a lot of deep insights in this data uh, that they can mine to understand who their users are and to get to a bigger audience of users. And that's where a warehouse native architecture is really handy because a warehouse native architecture allows applications to work across data from all kinds of data sources, from product usage data, from other business data sources, consumption data, et cetera, and thus give uh, handy pointers or insights to these builders to help build the right apps to reach these billions of users and audience. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the specifics of these types of tools and their architecture on a cloud data platform, or some say also as a, a cloud data warehouse. So please tell us in your words, in the simplest terms, you know, what the architecture of a warehouse native app looks like. So the architecture of a warehouse native app starts at the highest level with translation of user intent into workflows or SQL for accessing the warehouse. So the user intent, of course, depends on the context. For analytics, it could be a certain model and for other applications, it could be different models, but really starts with translation of that. The most fundamental property of a warehouse native architecture is you never copy data out of the warehouse in order to operate on it. So you can activate from it, you can move data into the warehouse, but really your architecture fundamentally is based on the warehouse. All the data stays there, all the computation and anything else that you do on the data just you know remains in the warehouse. That is really your solid foundation that you build on. Yeah, and at Snowflake, right, we call that the connected app deployment model, right, of keeping all of the data as is in one place. So, you know, to get a little bit more technical here, did you design NetSpring to be a multi-tenant SaaS application that can connect, or is it more of a single-tenant approach that can maybe even be self-hosted by a customer if they wanted it? Yeah, Luke, uh, we've designed NetSpring from the get-go to be a multi-tenant SaaS application. And, uh, you know, that said, uh, we do offer VPC-based uh, deployment for uh, larger enterprise customers. And even the way we access the warehouse, there is a control that we provide to our users in terms of how they want to provision the warehouse. So, for example, for different kinds of use cases, you might prefer different warehouse sizes and controls like that. But ultimately, it is a multi-tenant SaaS application with power to the users. Yeah, great. From an engineering point of view, you know, what's been the biggest challenge, right, for your team to adopt this new deployment model in the way that B2B software is typically built? Yeah, so actually, you know, warehouse native architecture is very promising, but the biggest challenge that we faced uh, from an engineering point of view is the lack of a standard data model. In the pre-warehouse native days when most of these analytical applications were full-stack applications, 
there was a standard data model that these applications were enforcing right at the data collection point. But in a warehouse native architecture, really, you know, the strength of course is you can bring all data from across a whole bunch of data sources, join across them, draw insights across them. But then you have to solve the problem of missing standard data model. So that's been our biggest challenge. A related challenge has been that whereas SQL is a great standard for working across different data warehouses and, you know, we support uh, Snowflake, BigQuery, Redshift, and Databricks. On the data science workflows, there has been much less standardization. So providing one single application experience across different warehouses becomes more of a challenge as you start leaning more on the data science side. Yeah, no, I totally agreed and I completely understood there. It definitely can be a challenge. Do you actually, do you help give customers a specific blueprint or model to follow to help with that? Yeah, so we actually prefer that customers bring and train their models before trying to leverage them via NetSpring. In NetSpring, our uh, product analytics offering does include some out-of-the-box models that we provide. But really, you know, a lot of times it's the combination that is required to draw really useful insights. Uh, That said, you know, we haven't really build that much on the data science or AIML side of the product yet. Even on the SQL side, there has been like significant traction and value that we've been able to create. Yeah, but I mentioned that as a potential challenge going forward, you know, as we try to include more AIML side of offering into the product. Absolutely. In my experience, Snowflake, even before Snowflake at a warehouse native solution, it's a range of customers who are ready or even not ready for this, right? Some may not even have a data data warehouse, right? Or a concept of a data warehouse internally. But even often, sometimes those who do don't have their data together, don't have it modeled in in the way that they need to, don't have a a good schema for an app like this. What are your thoughts on this? And why didn't NetSpring decide to be warehouse native only instead of offering kind of a a dual solution? Yeah, that's a great question, Luke. And if you would ask me this question, you know, a few years back, I would have probably uh, said, yeah, warehouse native doesn't make sense. You know, you need to cover uh, all different shapes and sizes of deployments you want to cover in production. But, you know, what I've seen over the past few years of building NetSpring is that uh, even though not everyone has fully embraced the cloud data warehouse, there are enough customers, enough organizations already who have embraced it and who've really put their uh, mission-critical data there that it's actually possible to build a completely warehouse-native solution In terms of building out the company, you know, there are a couple of other things that played out for us in making that decision. So firstly, by being completely warehouse native, we have been able to build significant competitive mode around that architecture. You know, that brings a lot of focus and in terms of execution, very simple messaging. And for our customers also, you know, they know exactly what to expect. And finally, by being warehouse native, specifically for our product, we've been able to imbibe the analytical power of business intelligence into product analytics because you know business intelligence really thrives on a warehouse native architecture by going with that uh, we're able to bring out an offering that combines the best of product analytics with the power of business intelligence yeah let's, let's dive into that a bit more right how did your time at thoughtspot help you arrive at the conclusion that it's time to reimagine analytics and combine the disparate worlds of bi and product analytics right and if i can actually have you answered that, but also answer, is NetSpring an evolution of ThoughtSpot or can they both coexist, you know, for a customer? Uh, Luke, that's a great question, actually. And that really goes back to our founding story. So at ThoughtSpot, 
at some point, you know, we started really ramping up on our SaaS offering. And uh, at that point, we, you know, just like everyone else in this space, we started using a few different product analytics tools to uh, draw insights about our users, their consumption pattern and their journeys on our product. And, you know, even though these tools were initially very uh, helpful in drawing initial insights, we quickly realized that the kind of questions we have in order to build out the SaaS offering and really understand our users, they require significant depth that these tools were lacking. And they also needed access to various other data sources, especially around consumption and marketing data sources, which were very hard to integrate with these product analytics tools. So then we started something that we later realized pretty much everyone in the industry who uses product analytics tools and, you know, first generation tools, especially grows with them has been running into, which is moving data out of these tools into ThoughtSpot. And then, you know, we ended up with these analytical silos, the product analytics tool and the same data in ThoughtSpot for just different kinds of things. And after using this for a while, we realized that this is a real pain and this is a problem that we were fairly confident people are running into across the industry. And some initial conversations confirmed that. And, you know, that's how we decided that, you know, this is an opportunity to build a sizable business and really change lives of users who are running into the same pain point. On your second question, Luke, about whether NetSpring is an evolution or thoughts of ThoughtSpot or can they coexist? So NetSpring is actually something that's completely complementary to ThoughtSpot. It can absolutely coexist with ThoughtSpot. ThoughtSpot is, you know, business intelligence on the warehouse and powered by NLP. And uh, there's a lot of kind of goodness there, a lot of competitive moat and how ThoughtSpot integrates uh, natural language. Whereas in NetSpring, the primary emphasis is on product analytics in a warehouse native architecture. And there is a lot of depth uh, that is possible to build in this product analytics space. In fact, what we're realizing is uh, first-generation product analytics, by being these fully integrated vertical silos, they've left a lot of value on the table, uh, which you can harness if you go with a warehouse native architecture. And that's what we're really excited about, you know, product analytics with the power of BI. I love it. So last question for you, if you can give kind of just one piece of advice, right, to startups or companies or folks out there who, as they consider taking this you know, this new approach to building B2B apps, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say this thing that we've learned, which has surprised us, which is to build a fully warehouse native application. So I would say go full warehouse native. You will get surprised by how much it simplifies your product, your stack, your messaging, how much it allows you to focus on your core competitive mode instead of just moving around data, dealing with the data duplication, ETL pipelines, all of that. Just go full warehouse native. That is one piece of advice I would give to anyone starting in this space. Thank you, Abhishek, for your time today. It's, it's been great talking to you and, and you know learning about that spring and, and its approach. Likewise, Luke. Thanks so much. 